deal today. We have a lot to talk about. We, we seriously do, actually. There's a lot. I will preface, like, before I even begin, I will tell you, this will be a lot. We're going to grow into everything I'm going to say together, okay? So don't, like, panic. We are talking about church now, as in what is the church doing now? What's our plan in this next season? We're coming out of the summer. We're, knock on wood, a little bit kind of past the initial COVID situation. What are we doing? Where are we going? What's the plan for church now? We're going to talk about that for this week and a couple more weeks after this. And here's how I want to just preface this. And in the following, hear me clearly, I'm not criticizing anybody or judging or what have you. I'm not church bashing. I'm doing nothing like that. So if you hear me doing any of those things, I am not. Here's what I want to say. It's been a weird season. It's been a weird season. And I had heads nodding, so you all know. As far as the church goes, okay, we're talking about the church, okay, in this series. As far as our church goes, and you guys know I love you, I love our church, yes and amen. But the last like few years, honestly, haven't exactly been ones where we've been, how would I say it, firing on all cylinders, right? Like we've had a lot of good memories, the Lord has done some great things among us, I acknowledge that for sure. But like overall, you guys know what I'm talking about. Then we had this thing called COVID start. Ever hear of it? Yes? We don't even have to talk about that because we all are living it and that's enough. So we'll just whiz by that, but COVID's a thing. And then the summer began and I love the summer. It's a great time of year, like good time to unplug and recharge and all that. But what tends to happen, not just in our church, but in a lot of churches, it's kind of an opportunity for people to forget about the church a little bit. And it's, oh, I, uh, I, I unplugged, but maybe I unplugged a little too hard or I disengaged or I whatever. And again, I'm not criticizing, don't hear that. I'm just saying it's been a weird season. And now we're on this side of it or in the midst of it or whatever you would call it. And this has caused us, all of this stuff kind of going on all at once, it's caused us, and I refer to us as like the leaders, the elders, we have gone, man, we really need to seek the Lord for wisdom in this season. Now, there's never really a time for the following, but now is certainly not the time to just rely on our own understanding, right? I almost wonder if the Bible says something about leaning on your own understanding. Oh yeah, it says don't do that, right? So we have really had to press in over the last several months and seek the Lord. It's been humbling, honestly, because you would like to think we're experienced, we, you know, this and that and the other thing. No, we've really been like, Lord, we need help. We need something to change. We need your will. We need a fresh word. We need revelation from you in this season because we don't want to take another step forward now if it's apart from your wisdom and your will. So over the last, like I said, several months, the elders have really been working and praying. A lot of meetings. Mark, where are you at? A lot of meetings. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've done a lot, a lot of work and we've sought the Lord and we've prayed and we've studied the scriptures and we believe that the Lord has, he didn't like speak to us in an audible voice, you know, through a thunderclap or something, but we believe the Lord has put stuff on our hearts that we believe is his will. And I'm going to start sharing that with you today. So I'm excited for that. Like I say, it's a lot, but I'm excited. So we're going to talk about what the Lord has laid on our heart. And, and, and the word that kind of encompasses this is our strategy. Somebody say strategy. Oh, I love it. I love doing that to you guys. So our strategy, 
And I assure you, strategy is not some boring thing. It's a really good thing. It's our plan. It's how we're going to operate in this season. Now, before we talk about the strategy, I have to quickly highlight one thing. Just highlight it. The purpose for our strategy. Because if we don't know why we're doing it, we kind of do it in vain. The purpose for all this strategy we're going to talk today, the purpose for our church as a whole, in every sense of the word, make no mistake about it, my friends, the reason for all of it is for the glory and the praise and the majesty of our King Jesus. That's why we're doing this. That's why this is a thing. It's all for him. So that's, the, that's the, the why, the purpose. Before we talk strategy, the how, we also need to acknowledge the what, right? And we have a what here as the harbor, and it is our vision, and I believe it's going to pop up on the screen. Our vision, this is still a thing, right? This hasn't gone away like due to COVID. It's still here. This is the what. This is what we believe the Lord has put on our hearts. This is what, what we think we're to be accomplishing. We want to be, a pa be passionate followers of Jesus, to be a transforming community, to be a nourishing environment for growth. That's the what. That's what we want to see happen, right? That's our vision. So the thing about the vision, though, it's not super specific, right? It's not supposed to be. Stuff is supposed to feed into this. This is supposed, stuff is supposed to happen that fuels the vision coming to fruition. And that's the strategy. So our strategy is how we're going to work toward the what for the big why. That's what's going on here today. So what is our strategy? Enough preamble, right? What is our strategy? I want to turn your attention to the screen once again. This graphic, yes, it did all fit on there. This is what we are focusing on in the next season. This is our operation, order, our manual of operations right here. This is what we're doing. This is our strategy. And we're going to talk about all of these, and we're going to grow into all of these, as I've told you already, and I will tell you several more times today because it's a lot. So this, this, we call this our growth cycle, by the way. If you know my dad, Richard, at all, you'll know that he kind of had a hand in naming that, just saying. That's a Richardy thing. He's not here today, so I can say that. We're going to pray and fast. This is, what, this is how we're going to operate. We're going to pray and fast as a church. We're going to serve our community with purpose. We're going to engage in relational environments. We're going to teach the gospel. We're going to make disciples. We're going to embrace multiplication. And we're going to talk about all those, so don't panic. A couple of things on this growth cycle while we're looking at it. You'll notice, number one, it's not like a start and a finish. It's, it's not like a here's the beginning and here's the end. It's cyclical. So we're going to continually be going around and around and around, hamsters in a wheel, as we work toward our vision. Number two, it may not always happen in this neat linear fashion like you see here. So for instance, here's, here's just an example I'm making up. Say you come into contact with somebody that you don't know, they're a stranger, and you're talking with them, and within a couple of minutes, you have like a perfect opportunity to share the gospel with them. Here's what you don't do. You don't go, oh my word, I haven't prayed and fasted over them. I haven't served in their community with purpose yet. I better not open my mouth with the gospel. No, okay, obviously not. That's not a thing. Sometimes this happens not in this exact order, but we generally see these kind of building on one another. The third thing I'll say about this growth cycle is this. You can do this. You can do this. This is not like a pastor only, elders only. This is like, you can do this. This is well within your grasp. 
In fact, we kind of need you to do this if this is going to go anywhere. This is going to take all of us stepping into this together if it's, if it's going to do anything. So let's talk about each one of these. I will say again, you'll be tired of me saying it. Fear not. We will grow into these. Okay? Number one is pray and fast. There's so much, obviously, we can say about prayer. I will quickly just highlight on that. Consider just for a minute the life of Jesus. Let's just only look at him for a second. It says in Scripture that Jesus prayed a lot. He often withdrew to secluded places to pray. And I don't know if you've ever thought about why he might do that. It wasn't because he wanted to show everyone how religious he was, right? It wasn't because he wanted to impress people. It wasn't because, you know, God the Father was having a down day and he really needed, you know, Jesus to just pray and give him a little pick-me-up. Jesus prayed because he was dependent and reliant on God. And I would just submit this to you. If Jesus Christ, just, just go with me here. Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity, he's God eternal, he's God come to the earth, fully man, fully God. If he needs to pray because he needs to rely on God and he needs to stay connected to the Lord in prayer, how much more do we need to do that? Like, do we think we need prayer less than Jesus needed it? I don't think so. I think we need it a lot. And we quite simply need to be a people of prayer if we're going to do anything as a church, if we're going to move forward in any sense of the word, if we're going to live the lives even as individuals that God has called us to live, prayer is essential. And unfortunately, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, it's one of those things we like to kind of, you know, take a shortcut right here. This is... This is, if there was a place, which there isn't, to take a shortcut, this is not it. I'll just tell you that. This is not it. We don't want to be, listen to me, our heart, we don't want to be an epic fail of a people who end up not receiving God's special provision or blessing or what have you because we didn't ask for it in prayer. That's a fail. Somebody say, that's a fail. That is a fail. We also don't want to be a fail of a people who claim the name of Jesus. We're Christians, yeah, 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 yeah. But we're not connected to the Lord whatsoever in prayer. And ultimately, Jesus is going this way, and we're going this way. That's just, that's just a fail. That's what it is. So prayer is essential. And consider fasting as well. You, how many of you have had a blood test and you needed to fast before it? Okay? Mostly anyone over 30, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Fasting, as you know, is deliberately going without something for a season. Usually we think food. I am not good at fasting food, by the way. It's historically not been a strong point of mine. But I need to grow in it because we'll grow into this together. Fasting is a good thing to do. And we're kind of going to emphasize it some in this season because we'll consider the life of Jesus again. He fasted. And if you look at his fasting, it was usually because he was about to come into something that was a struggle or because he needed some extra clarity on whatever. Jesus didn't fast because he was so pious or he didn't like to eat, okay? He fasted because he's reliant on God. Same is true for us. Fasting helps us empty us of ourselves because I don't know, but not with you good folk, but sometimes we can get a little full of ourselves, right? Fasting helps us to kind of combat that so that we can be better filled with the Spirit. Fasting helps prepare us for challenges that are forthcoming. Fasting helps us to focus our mind on our need for God because, again, sometimes we think, I can do this in my own power. 
You've been there. I've been there. Fasting helps remind us, hey, we need God's power to reign in our lives. We need God's power and his, and his wisdom and his will. So prayer and fasting, like I say, help us stay mindful of all of these things. They help us to get clarity on the will of God. It helps us prepare for challenges that lie ahead in serving God. And, and, and again, just on a general note, it helps us to stay connected and in tune with the Lord. So we need to be doing it. That's what it is for us here. This is for us. Be praying in this season and be fasting. It's way too easy, as I said already, to just you know, go around this one. And if we do that, not only is that a fail, we short circuit all of this. If this doesn't begin and, is, and be immersed in prayer, you know, our church isn't going anywhere. Just, just telling you that. Or it's going nowhere good anyway. This is for all of us. Be praying. Regular, intentional, deliberate, fervent prayer. Please do that. We'll probably call on you to fast now again. If you look here, it says core leadership team in brackets under there. That's not, doesn't mean it's only for leaders. Somebody says, ah. That just means if you're a leader in our church, we're looking to you first for this. You're gonna be leading the charge, setting an example here. But don't make any mistake, this is for all of us. We need to be praying. We're gonna fast as well. So as we're praying and fasting, as we're seeking the Lord and seeking his will for our church, it's gonna lead to some other things. One of which is the second leg on here on our growth cycle, which is to serve our community with purpose. Now, I'm guilty of the following, what I'm about to say, I've done this. It's way too easy for us to kind of get stuck in an insider-only mentality as a church, okay? Historically, that happens pretty easy. Because what we think is this, we kind of go, at least subconsciously, we say, well, I'm saved, you're saved, we're saved. That's awesome. Hey, we like each other. We like hanging out. Well, we like what we have. Let's just focus on that. I feel like Dar Darlene already said all of this. Anyway, some of that's really, 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 really good, by the way, because we don't want to neglect this, right? Matter of fact, we're pausing from this for a second. I want you to, you don't have to get up out of your chair. You're welcome. I want you to pick your head up and look around the room, and I, I literally want you to look in the eye of, of one or, or some people who are here. I want you to meet, I want you to meet their gaze. Look them right in the eye. And here's what I want you to say to somebody. Okay, I don't know how this will work. We're gonna just do it anyway. Say to someone else in here, say, you are valued. You are needed. I want you literally to, I want you to look at somebody and I want you to say, I love you. I love you. Okay. I wondered if you guys would do that or not, and you did, so good job, good job. I was like, they might be mad, I don't know. You're welcome. So we need this, we need this right here, you know what I mean, and, and, and in other manifestations of this, we need this. But what, all I'm trying to say is we can't only focus on this, and sometimes that's an easy trap to fall into. But friends, listen to me, there are way too many needs right out here for us to just not do anything. There are way too many people right out here who have no connection and no knowledge of the Lord Jesus whatsoever for us to not do anything, for us to just focus on ourselves. That's not the heart of our God, right? Jesus even said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. So that's gotta be our heart as well. And I wanna just be clear on something here. What I'm not saying is, you know, okay, serve the community with purpose. That means we're primarily a social justice group. We are not. 
we're not. There's a lot of that going around today, and some of that, frankly, is really good and really needed. But we as a church, like, that's not our loftiest goal. That's not, like, our prime objective. We're not just a social justice group. Christ is our cause. Christ is the cause that we work toward and serve and put our effort into. The thing about that, though, is, see, there's overlap. Because if Christ is our cause, that's going to compel us to go out and not just focus in. That's going to compel us to go out and serve. Right? Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we need to follow in his example and in his heart. So, oh, I'd also point out to you Matthew 5.16. This is Jesus talking. He tells us, he said, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay? Pretty clear. This, that, that can apply to us as a church as well. And what this tells me, Matthew 5.16, is that as we are engaged in good works, as we're going out and doing those in the community, in the name of Jesus, you know what that verse tells me? That an impact is going to be made. You say, what kind of impact? I say, yes, I don't know. But an impact is going to be made. It says right there, they'll see your good works and they will, etc. Something's going to happen. So we're going to be praying and seeking God's will. And that's naturally going to lead us to opportunities to serve. It's going to lead to many things. This is one. And when it says serve the community with purpose, by the way, all that means is we're not just going to throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Like we're going to prayerfully think through this. I love the timing of, of the outreach that Darlene and Mark and, and the team have come up with. Like that's, very, that's just very good in this season to bless teachers because there's a lot going on for them. So like Darlene has already said, this is a rerun for you. They are putting a team together. Mark and Darlene, put your hands up on opposite ends of the room. Um, anyway, that's an aside. That doesn't matter. Um, Mark and Darlene are starting this team. If outreach is your thing, or you think it could be your thing, I would strongly encourage you, go talk to them, because they're putting a team together, boots on the ground, like we're doing this. This is a thing. This is not like some pipe dream, like we're doing it this month and, and onward. We, like Darlene said, we're going to be looking for ideas and inspiration and things the Lord puts on your heart. So please contribute those. Here's the other thing I would just say. It's not just Darlene and Mark and their team that are going to be doing all the outreach. Okay, they're going to plan it graciously for us. But we need you to be engaged in these. So when something comes along, like this is something we as a church are doing. Like we are doing this, whatever it is. So that's that. Be praying about it. We're going to grow into it together. And I, just for full disclosure, I am like jacked up about this one. I love that we're doing this. Fired up. Hope you are too. Serve the community with purpose. Number three, everybody take a breath. <sighs> Great. Number three is engage in relational environments. This is something we are doing. We've kind of been doing it. We're going to keep doing it. We are super heavily emphasizing relationships in this season. And if you read the New Testament... You'll see in there, a lot of the stuff that it tells us to do, not all, but a lot, has to do with how we treat one another. So that implies, guess what? There's supposed to be other people in your life. It's not just you doing your thing. Life as a believer is so much better. It can be more difficult, but it's way better when other people are in it. We're not a solo act. And I know COVID has definitely made things more difficult with this, but I, here's what I'm saying. Fight the temptation to just cloister yourself away in this season. Obviously, don't do anything that's unwise, like be safe, wear a mask, etc. 
but do things, intentionally do things, step out and be in relationship with people. Be connected to people. Um, don't, uh, like I say, don't just hide away. Furthermore, I, I sort of talked a little bit there about just relationships kind of in the church. We are emphasizing relationships out of the church as well. How many of you know someone who doesn't go to our church and or is not a Christian? I want every hand in the air, please. Thank you. Obviously, we all do. We all know people. And these relationships are a gift from God. And these are opportunities for us to do something, right? These, are, these aren't just, just, just random, oh, I happen to be friends with them. There's a reason that you have a relationship with the people that you do. Just saying. And so we believe that relationships are fertile ground for the gospel. We just believe that. Yes, it's definitely a thing where the gospel can still flourish and, and, and do its work where there's not a relationship. Like when I got saved, I had heard the gospel approximately one million times and slight, you know, rounding up to the nearest million. But when I heard the gospel this one particular time, it was from someone I don't know. I've never seen them again. And that's when it stuck with me. So a relationship isn't required. We're, like that's awesome. But we're just saying we believe the gospel can really take off in the context of a loving and trust-filled and respectful relationship, of which we all have those. We all have them. So we're going to make use of relational environments in this season. I have to just pause and make a quick distinction. Remember, we're talking about the church. What is the church doing? You yourself as an individual obviously have relationships. Um, they watch my hands. They may or may not have anything to do with the church. We want you to, to, to work in those, to be prayerful, to be wise, to share the gospel in those. I'm just focusing on what the church is going to be doing. Just make that quick distinction. We are going to engage in relational environments. And the first one I have to hit on, I feel a little weird calling it a relational environment, but it's our personal, individual relationships with the Lord. Somebody said I knew he was going to say that. This is, you don't need me to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this anyway. This one is absolutely essential. If we don't have that, we don't have anything. That, that is seriously where it rises and falls. We need to be a people collectively who are seeking the Lord, seeking relationship with him, seeking to grow in him, seeking to worship and glorify him, or we're sunk. If you're, like, if you're relying on the pastor to like, implement some clever programming to you know, get us through in this next season, apart from this, you'll be very disappointed, okay? This is essential, essential. And I wanna just say, I, I just, when I was preparing this this week, I just felt compelled that I wanted to share this with you. Um, you, guys know, you guys know that I love you. I love you very much. So I don't say this to your discredit or your shame. And I'm talking to myself when I say this too, but I believe this is an area that we have some growing to do. I mean, we always will, for sure. But I think this is an area, this is a season where the Lord is just putting a fleece out before us. And he's saying, I'm right here. If you will seek me, like I will meet with you. The scripture says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I feel like this is a season where we, where we each of us really need to double down on this. I'm not saying you're terrible. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, think of what could be, you know, a year from now, next September, if in this year we really, each of us, 
sought out the Lord and sought this relationship with him and sought his will and sought to follow him. Like, can you imagine what the Lord would do in our church? Like, that's an invitation, and I'm talking to myself. We really need to double down on this one. So, your personal relationship with the Lord, I love you. Thank you for not throwing anything at me. The next one we're going to make use of as a church, there are numerous. The next one is corporate gatherings. If you don't know what a corporate gathering is, you're at one right now. Thanks for being here. This is most often manifested in our Sunday morning service. I just have to tell you something. We're going to keep doing these. We're not going to stop doing these. And if COVID flares up again, we're going to do them online. I'm just telling you. It's really important for us as a church, like our identity as a church gets forged and strengthened when we're meeting together doing things like this. We will not stop. We're going to meet together on Sundays, corporately. I just have to highlight this. If, I hope you know why you're here, by the way. But in case for some reason there's any confusion about why we do this, it's not because it's easy and we have nothing better to do. These are a lot of work. I don't know if you know that. These are a lot of work. We do these because we do them for worship, teaching, fellowship. Somebody say worship. Somebody say teaching. Somebody say fellowship. That's why we're here. And I'm going to just tell you this. The potential for God to do something special exists in this realm of the corporate gathering in a way that it does not exist anywhere else. And I think we as a church, we've kind of like scratched the surface of this. We've seen God show up at various times when we're meeting together. And there's so much more. God meets with his gathered people in a way that is, it's unlike any other time. And we want to dive into that. We want to seek that. Um, Sunday mornings, listen, to be clear, they're not the be all end all of our faith. We're not asking you just show up on Sunday and then do nothing until next Sunday. But these are a key part. We will not forsake the assembly of the saints for sure. Next one down, we call them social gatherings. Don't get too hung up on the name. These are just essentially things we're going to do as a church that might not involve all of us. It can, but, you know, people are busy, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's a, probably a fairly large group. And these can be like fun activities We've gone bowling before. We've had corn boils before. We've done um, NHL hockey nights before, and the Leafs can never win at them, which is really a shame. We're hoping that that will change. Nothing? Okay, anyway. Um, we've done outreaches before as a church. This is an opportunity for us to get together in a way that's, you know, we're not doing exactly this like we do on a Sunday morning. And these are really, really good. They're good for us. They're also good honestly, for unbelievers to be a part of. There might be people in your life who would never darken the door of a church service on a Sunday morning. Maybe someone just popped into your head. But they might come to a hockey game on Saturday night when we're hanging out together. And again, the goal is not just to get them to the hockey game. The goal is to emphasize the relationship. We want to build and strengthen relationships with people by any way that we can. And that's what these will help us do. And, and we're going to do these as sensibly as we can with COVID, but that's something that we're going to take aim at. Fertile ground for relationships. The next one I want to tell you about, it's called discipleship groups. You might have also heard them called D groups, discipleship groups. These are something new that we're doing. I'm going to just quickly, we're going to talk about them more another time. Here's the deal with discipleship groups. They're very small groups. 
They're no less than three, no more than four or five people. They're very small. And these are for people who are hungry and looking to get to the next step, which by the way, I hope that's all of us at some point or another in the next season as we're seeking the Lord, like he stirs up that hunger in us. And here's what happens. Here's how these work. Like sometimes it's great that we can do the large group thing. Sometimes people need some more kind of individualized, kind of specialized attention in order to kind of grow and get to that next step. These are perfect for that. And here's what happens. We don't go around and say, okay, I'd like you to lead one and you can lead one and you can lead one and you can choose from any of these people, you know, whoever you want. No, here's how it works. You trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit. So we're actually probably not going to come and ask you outright, any of you, to lead one of these. We're going to be trusting that the Lord puts this on your heart, that he wants you to, to link up with a few other people and to go through one of these. So what happens is the Lord puts it on your heart. He says, I want you to lead a discipleship group. And you say, okay, here's what you do. You start praying about who's going to be in it. And I've heard really good stories of how this works. Actually, we've done a couple of these kind of behind the scenes a little bit over the last few months. What happens is the Lord is going to put people in your heart and in your mind. He's going he's to just bring them to your attention. I want them to be in your group, you know, during this season. And at the same time, we're trusting that he works on their heart as well. Gives them that desire to be part of this. And then you ask them and hopefully they say yes and there's your group, boom. And in these groups, there is kind of one curriculum that we might sort of default to if there's kind of not a clear other alternative. However, the sort of what you do in these groups or what you study or talk about can vary because for instance, you might be in a group with three other super mature believers. Okay, you're probably not gonna do like an intro to salvation, you understand? Conversely, you might actually be in a discipleship group with like three non-believers. That's who the Lord might lead you to, and I hope he does. In that case, you're probably not gonna do a romp through the book of Leviticus, okay, you understand? It really depends on who's in the group and what their needs are. And these last for uh, an indeterminate amount of time. It could be six weeks, it could be six months that you're with this group. You can meet online, you can meet in person as that's safe to do. This is something we're doing. And actually, we're really excited about this. And we've, like I say, we've done a couple, and they've gone really well. And we're going to keep doing them. So that's discipleship groups. We'll talk more about that in the future. Uh, Richard and Nancy Jones are kind of heading up that effort. So not today because they're not here, but you can talk to them if you have questions. They would be more than happy to talk to you about it. One quick other note on this. I want you to make note of something we're not doing in this season. You'll notice life groups are not on this list. We're not going to do life groups in this season. That's partly due to COVID because COVID has sort of complicated how uh, it's more difficult to just have six or 10 or 20 people into your house nowadays. It's also partly, honestly, because we haven't really seen the spiritual fruit come out of those that we were desiring. So listen, we're not getting rid of them forever. We're going to press pause on them. You can still hang out with a small group if you want. It's just not going to be an official kind of formal ministry of the church. But we are going to emphasize relationships in this season, and we're going to grow into these. You guys are doing great. Thank you for your grace. Number four on this growth cycle, we can go back to that picture. Number four is teach the gospel. How many of you know by show of hands that the gospel is important? Again, on every hand. Yeah. So as we're praying and fasting, as we're serving our community with purpose, as we're engaging in relational environments, we are going to have opportunities to share the gospel. That's how it works. And we want to take those opportunities. The gospel, as we've talked about this spring and ongoing, it is the most important news. We have no 
more important message than the gospel. That Jesus died for us. That Jesus gave his life so our sins could be forgiven. That when we believe in him and trust in him and accept what he's done, there is full forgiveness and full freedom from our sin. I dare you to find better news than that. If you really plumb the depths of that, I dare you. You will not. There is no better news. There is no important message. So we need to be modeling the gospel in the way that we live. We also need to be sharing it with our words. We just do. Here's a couple of traps we can fall into. Number one, we convince ourselves, I don't need to say anything. I don't need to, I, I don't need to use my words. You know, I don't need to be all churchy and, you know, you know preach at them. Here's what happens. If we don't say anything, if we aren't sharing the gospel, it says in Romans 10, how can someone believe if they've never heard? How do you expect someone to get saved if the gospel never comes in? Even if we, it's a little heavy, but even if we get people coming to our church, amass a large crowd, but the gospel's not there, I would submit to you, we have not helped them as best as we can help them. We can, we can serve in all kinds of ways and we're going to and we're going to be helpful and that's great, but we don't just stop there. We, we, and we, we don't just think, well, you know, I'll just love on that person. Please love on them, but that's not it. That's not all. Don't just think, I'll just be friends with them. Yes, be friends with them. That's great. But listen, you have to understand, our goal is not just to love St. John. Our goal is not just to be on friendly terms with St. John. Our goal, my friends, is to see St. John utterly and totally transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody help me today. So we got to be sharing it. The other thing that happens, another trap we can fall into is if we don't share the gospel, people get the wrong idea about what's most important. If we don't share the gospel intentionally, they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll wrongly just assume, okay, the most important thing I can do then is come to church on a Sunday. Please come to church on Sunday, but the gospel is a loftier goal than that. People might think, okay, all I have to do is just be a good person or be the best version of myself. No, no, no. We want you to be saved by Christ. We don't want people to be filling the void of what's most important with something that actually is not most important. That's all I'm saying. We want people to be grounded in the right stuff. So if we are teaching and modeling the gospel, people are gonna understand or they're gonna be way more likely to understand how important it is. So our intention, I'll just tell you, our intention as a church is to become gospel-centered. We want the gospel to be involved and central to everything we do. So you're gonna hear it on Sunday mornings. You already do, actually. You're going to keep hearing it. You're going to hear them in discipleship groups, which I hope that you're going to be in one day. You're going to see them on our online stuff. The gospel is central, and we're going to make it central. And also, I will again say the relationships that we have, we're going to bring the gospel into those. And if that freaks you out, I suspect it might freak some of you out, I will tell you again, we will grow into this together. Breathe. It's okay. It's okay. Number five, out of six, we are going to make what? Make disciples. A disciple, we see that language in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Couldn't do it all in one breath. I will try harder next time. That is the mission, the mission that Jesus has given to us. We obviously need to take that seriously. A disciple is a learner, is a student, 
of someone else. A disciple is someone who you can kind of get a picture of. They sit at the feet of another. They, they sit under the teachings of another. They follow someone. We are disciples of Jesus Christ as believers, followers of Jesus. And there are, uh, there's a resource called renew.org, some of you are familiar with. They give a helpful picture of what a disciple looks like. They say a disciple of Christ is someone who follows Jesus, it's someone who is being changed by Jesus. Because how many of you know when you step in close to Jesus, you change? Yes, that's a thing. And number three, it's someone who's committed to the mission given by Jesus. That's what a disciple is. The thrust here, if we're going to make disciples, it's that we're doing more than just trying to amass a crowd. And I already kind of highlighted that. We're not just trying to get people to like us, whatever. We are trying to raise up an army. That's what we're trying to do including ourselves. Part of this discipleship process is you are going to people who aren't even saved. You're helping them to get there. You're helping them grow in their faith. And all the while, you are seeking to grow in your own walk. Discipleship is a both and. Okay? It's, it's all encompassing. It's not just baptize people and then we're done. Right? It's not just an evangelism plan. It's, it's coming alongside and working with people all the way, all the way along, all across the board. And again, we'll grow into this. There's no doubt all kinds of ways this can manifest itself, uh, you know, in your relationships, in our activities as a church. But make no mistake, that is our intention. We want to be about discipleship. We want to see more and better disciples. That's where we're at. So you're going to hear this a lot more in the coming weeks and months. And finally, the sixth one is embrace multiplication. How many of you hated multiplication in school? Don't answer that. This is good. And you know what this is? This is largely a mindset shift. To think multiplication is not to think, okay, I go to a church, I come on Sunday, you know, the pastor goes on and on and on and on and on like he is today. Maybe someone will hear, the, thank you, someone will hear the message and they'll, you know, maybe we'll get a few people saved, you know, that's great, and I'll just kind of go along for the ride. No, 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 that's not how it works. Multiplication thought is this. If I'm part of God's family as a believer, if I'm part of the harbor flock and the harbor family, I am in the game. I am in the game. I am an integral part, of, I didn't say that right, of the mission, of the work of the church, the life of the church. I am a key cog in the wheel and we're all going for it. That's thinking multiplication. And here's what happens. Here's what happens in multiplication. If each of us really step into this, everything we've talked about, and one aspect of that is, you know, ministering to others and teaching the gospel to others. What if I did that with three people and you and you and you each did that with three people and then they did that with three people and then they did that with three people and so on and so on and so on. That is thinking multiplication. When we're all pulling on the chain and doing what we need to do, that's how you take a city right there, okay? That's, that's the mentality we need to enter into. So... That's the growth cycle. I'm almost done. I thought I'd get an amen, not today. Okay. That's happened before. That doesn't matter. This is what we're doing. We're going to pray and fast. We're going to serve our community with purpose. We're going to engage in relational environments. We're going to teach the gospel. We're going to make disciples. We're going to embrace multiplication. That is how we are going to operate in this future season. There's a lot we will, one last time, grow into it together. So specifically, we're asking you to do these things. We are also asking you to take your faith and your relationship with the Lord seriously. That needs to happen in this season. We're asking you to be a people of prayer. Be prayer. 
praying. We're asking you to be involved in the outreach activities of the church that we do. We're asking you to continue engaging in our corporate gatherings. Thanks for being here. This is good. If it's online, go there as well. We're asking you to continue to engage in the life of the church, whatever that might look like. We're asking you to pray about your involvement in a discipleship group, which we'll talk about more. We're asking you to take the journey of centering ourselves on the gospel together. We are asking you to get into the game of discipleship. And as we do all of this, over the next days and weeks and months, we're going to show grace to each other because we're not always going to get it right. Okay? I certainly won't. But make no mistake, this is what's going on. We believe that the Lord has put this on our heart and we would be remiss if we just put it aside. So there's no excuse, my friends. I guess what I'm saying is this. There's no excuse to be idle. There's no excuse to say, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what's going on. There it is. There's no excuse to cast yourself back into the shadows and disappear and disconnect and disengage. Now is the time for each of us to step up and step in and step out in faith. I did not plan to say that. That was pretty cool. (laughs) I can't stand here and make any of you guys do anything, obviously. You say, just try it, Braden, just try it. I will not. I can't make you do anything. But, like it says in the book of Joshua, it says, choose for yourselves on this day. I want you to choose if you're in with this, if you're on board with this, if you're going to do this. Choose for yourselves this day who you will serve, if it's the Lord or if it's not. Choose for yourselves if you're going to take a step forward with the Lord and with your church family at the harbor. We need you. We need you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over all of this real quick, and then I have one more thing to tell you about that I think you're going to like. So, Lord, we just thank you again for this time we've been together. We lift these plans to you. Um, it says in Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. God, we're just saying today that we trust you. We believe that we have heard from you and sensed your leading and your movement in this. God, my prayer very simply is this. Help us to step into this as a church. Help us grow into this as a church. Give us grace to do this as a church. Help us to enjoy the process as a church. God, would you go before us? Would you go with us? Would you empower our activities by your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. All right.